RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 2, Episode 16, Letter from Gene Roddenberry to Leonard Nimoy, March 27, 1973. This episode of The Trek Files is brought to you by Mack Weldon, Premium Men's Essentials. Take 20% off your first order when you visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code TREKFILES. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, background fans, historians, and yes, of course, all you truckophiles, spelled with an F. Listen, we have a wonderful document this week. It's kind of unique. We actually have a back and forth. We have a we have a merged document here. We have a call and response uh, between Gene and Leonard Nimoy in Leonard Nimoy's own handwriting, as you'll see when you check in with us to see the actual document at facebook.com slash the trek files so give a listen to this letter from gene and i'll be right back with this week's guest as mentioned to you on last meeting my real hope and aim is to get paramount to do a feature release motion picture with the original cast if we were to do this find the right theatrical level story produce it properly i see no reason why it could not do as well as planet of the apes and spin off a whole series of releases can you imagine boarding the old Enterprise again with adequate budget, feature story latitude, top director, and all that? I cannot imagine many things more enjoyable and satisfying. The Trek Files will return after this message from Mac Weldon. So if you're like me, these days, uh, clothing, fashion, I just want to get something easy, get something simple, find it quickly, and have it last. And know that I don't look like a doofus when I get it. <laughs> well, Larry, I would say that's where Mac Weldon comes in. I'm just amazed to find out about Mac Weldon. They have such a, a clean, simple website. The, the whole idea of uh, shopping clothes and uh, personal garments online, they've made it simple. Yeah, it's really simple and straightforward. It's all the men's essentials that you need. It's everything from underwear and socks to T-shirts, jackets, gloves even, and uh, now a whole line of bags. And what I love is that all of this stuff was produced with really well-engineered fabrics and really quality details. I don't know if you read uh, what I did about uh, the silver that's actually stitched I saw into, that. Yeah, into some of their clothing. And silver is a natural antimicrobial, so all those undergarments, garments, uh, they, they won't pick up odors, which is great. They're really hitting a lot of the keys here for men, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the silver antimicrobial factor in their fashions is, is great. But they have, it's, you know what, it's just simple. It's yeah. simple and they're classic lines. You don't worry that what you're getting is, A, not going to last more than a month, and B, no one's going to give you a side eye. It's, <laughs> you're going to look like you're right in style and you didn't have to go out and do a lot of effort for it. Well, what, The biggest thing, what mm-hmm. my dad would have loved, you get a, you get your first pair if you have a problem you keep it and they refund you back yeah which is in in an online world uh that's pretty simple and direct and worth checking out yeah it's no risk at all to any of you who want to place an order and they're going to make it really easy for you if you're making your first order take 20 percent off when you visit macweldon.com that's m-a-c-k-w-e-l-d-o-n and enter the promo code trekfiles at checkout And thank you to Mac Weldon for sponsoring this week's show. 
All right, truckophiles with an F. Have you caught up with us? <laughs> have you scanned, have you perused the document that you can find right there at our Facebook page, The Trek Files? We have a letter, a, a very nice congenial letter, uh, outreach from Gene to Leonard Nimoy. It's 1973, remember, what's going on. The animated series is about to take flight. Gene's other projects are in flux, in motion. And we've got the unique situation here somehow in the Roddenberry archives of having a handwritten reply back from Leonard to Gene, say hi to John Champion back with us this week. John, you know the host of Mission Log and Mission Log Live. John, I don't know if we'll ever have this <laughs> this situation again. I haven't found anything like this, but it certainly makes a, a unique little uh, back and forth for us to look at. I don't know how we have this. I don't know why we have this. Um, it, it seems a little bit incomplete, but that's okay because we really got the heart of it here. It and just adds to the mystery. Yeah, and, and I can't stress enough, though, that... There's so much in just Gene's initial letter mm-hmm. um, it, because it, this is right at the time that they're making uh, Star Trek, the animated series that had not premiered yet. Um, so he's just saying, hey, thanks for, for coming along and doing a voice on this new Star Trek thing. Then he gets excited about the idea of a possible feature-length movie. This is 1973, and he's they're, they're in production or about to be in production on animated and he's already thinking about what the next uh, uh, step for live-action Star Trek will be. And he really wants to work with his old friends again. He even talks about uh, uh, Tarzan in there. Gene's well, just, he's excited about everything. And then the reply from Leonard. Well, it's a complete, yeah. well, yeah, the Leonard's reply is a great, I mean, these are both, as we'd say, great snapshots into the, both, of, both of these gentlemen's mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like Gene's letter, we're talking about what's going on in pop culture, what's the hot thing. Planet of the Apes is the hot, hot show. He makes a reference to that. Right. I see no reason why a Star Trek movie wouldn't do as well as Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and spin off a whole... A fr- see, no one's saying the term franchise yet. No one's even thinking yeah. with the, the, our buzzwords of today. And then talking about uh, his reach out. But he's also feeling him out. But he's also talking about, maybe you've noticed that I spend a lot of time, you know, in the paper and stamps days, <laughs> you know, with clubs and fan mail and convention and all that. Well, here's the method behind my madness. Yeah. We're going to build it into a, you know, forget Planet of the Apes. We're, we're going to go Tarzan level. Yeah. Think well, about that. And, and and this is, it's so early because, again, it's before animated came out. So I, I love that each section here, each paragraph is a very specific look into this 1973 world of Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek. First of all, he says, I'm so glad that you're coming back for Star Trek. I'm so glad that you're doing this animated show. And he says, oh my gosh, talking about Lou Scheimer and filmation, Mm -hmm. he shares our belief that both kids and adults would respond strongly if it is presented as Star Trek and not a moronic kitties version. Which is what that, what's just, mm-hmm. you know, that's why they wound up with their Emmy. The mm-hmm. only writing Emmy Star Trek one was for the yeah. Emmy. So they're, they're all on the same page here about we're, right. we're doing Star Trek and we're doing it for adults. It will appeal to kids, yes, but we're going to treat it uh, uh, intelligently and we're not going to talk down to the audience. We're doing Star Trek for all intents. You know, right. Then he's it's like, oh, that's all the the inspiration that he needed to say. But, hey, you're on board for this. <laughs> what about a movie? I'm thinking about a movie. Right. This is only four years. It's less than four years 
since uh, Star Trek went off the, the air. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's still very much on his mind. He's still trying to get the band back together. And they have talked about it. He says, as I mentioned mm-hmm. to you on last meeting. Yeah. So he's keeping it alive. He's kind of, it's almost like he's um, um, getting it on paper here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. To make it sound uh, official. Yeah. Well, right, for a paper trail here. And, um, you know, rem- reminding it. But what's, then we have this, and again, why... The Roddenberry files have a handwritten note from Leonard back. It almost seems it's, he's marked it page two. Yeah. Page two of his own letter, page two to Gene's initial page, which we don't have the backup, sadly. Also, we don't have his, his signature. Right, right. Yeah, but Gene's signature here. But so. it, it, it's kind of enough that, that we've got here because oh, you, yeah. you really get yeah. a picture of both of them. There's Gene's enthusiasm. There's his mm-hmm. excitement about Star Trek in particular and really trying to cement his at least professional relationship with Leonard here. What Leonard writes back, even though we only have one page of it, um, and who knows, maybe this was a draft. Maybe this was something that you just handed to Gene. Who knows? Who knows how it it came in? Um, There's an immediate kind of negative turn. He's he's feeling out all these reasons why NBC or Paramount or others wouldn't want him around or wouldn't care if he was around. To counter Gene's excitement about, oh, wouldn't it be great that we all would get back together again on this new enterprise? Imagine it with a big budget. We're telling a feature story with a top-tier director. Wouldn't it be great? And then Leonard's the first one to say, like, eh, yeah. <laughs> Lenny's clouding up his blue sky, is yes, what you're saying. Yes, He's definitely yes. popping the bubble. And, but, you know, that's his, uh, that's his realism kicking in. But here's Gene, the producer, always on the next project, the next big thing. And, mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, and, and Leonard, for his part, his, his paragraphs are packed with so much here. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I know we're starting in mid-sentence, mid-stream here, but he's talking about took great pains to let me know I could be replaced during the run of the series. Remember the end of first season on the original series when his agent and he were seeing his fan mail bag growing to be as big or bigger than Shatner's and saying, mm-hmm. hey, guys, let's pony up. And they had, had contingency plans to have a Lawrence Montaigne or even Mark Leonard come in and play yeah. another Vulcan, if not Spock. So he, he's ve- well aware, and they got it resolved. Yeah. yeah he's so, well aware of how he was viewed in the past. Right. So not only is he aware that he knows that he could have been replaced, he even questions whether or not Paramount would feel invested in the original cast. You know, he, right. he says, well, well, why wouldn't a Star Trek feature need something new and exciting and not the same characters or cast available for free on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he gets it, that, that it might just be a business decision, that uh, a, a free cast who, who have been seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times on TV and reruns, that may not be the biggest box office draw. So he's already setting the groundwork there. Then the next thing that he talks about is Quester. I was going to say, and we've, yeah. we've got more to come on this subject. yeah. yeah. But a lot of people, we all say, oh, Quester was the android searching for humanity that Gene uh, wrote and, and co-wrote with, initially with Gene Kuhn yeah. right before he passed. But Quester was the uh, kind of the roots of data, the android searching for his humanity. Everyone knows Quester from that, uh, that angle. Mm-hmm. What a lot of folks don't know, and we do have it on the record, is that Leonard was actually signed to play Quester, the lead android. Yeah. 
yeah. and you say, wait a minute, Robert Foxworthy played Quester. <laughs> yeah, well, it, and Leonard's discussion here about why he feels like he could be replaced on Star Trek, mm-hmm. well, because he was replaced on Quester, and he says, an example I offer, the Quester phenomenon, where I was, uh, in fact, prepaid to do the role, um, and obviously someone thought differently about that perfect, quote-unquote, perfect situation, meaning available, willing, and paid by the terms of my contract. And that must have been just a last-minute decision to get rid of Nimoy and bring in Robert Foxworthy because uh, he seems a little... I, I won't say bitter by that, but but again, just sort of well, pointing out the reality. Who points the reality of not being in control of your yeah. when you're not the producer. Exactly, when you're just yeah. a mere actor dancing for your craft mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. No, there's a, the the story emerging is he found out very unceremoniously yeah. that he was signed and and paid to be Quester and found out otherwise. So which. You know, to his credit, he's he's not bitter. You've got to go on, and he's still young in his career here, early in his career. He's not, yeah. <laughs> and he's not directing. You know, part of this is spurring by the '80s his decision. How do you how do you take charge of your career if you're an actor? You become a producer, you become a director, you get creative control where you're not just at the mercy of of the whims and the whims of, of the suits there that we talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's all coloring his perception about a future. A future for Star Trek. And, of course, remember that when things did come around to a series again, the Phase 2 series, he wasn't going to be part of it. Right. And his career had grown by then. So as much as Leonard, you know, that that um, interesting relationship, he that, that symbiotic relationship he had with the character Spock and how people interpret it and misinterpret it through I am not Spock, his <laughs> right. book. And then, uh, and then I, I am, am Spock. Spock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever, 20 years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, this and it's in his and to have this in Leonard's handwriting is uh, it's, it's just it's just really fascinating. Aside from the mystery of right, why we have well a let, handwritten reply. Let's talk about the third paragraph of that handwritten reply where he says, um, "Hey, you were working on this other space thing that was not Star Trek." And again, I'll point out why would a network want me for another space thing that is not Star Trek when they already know me from Star Trek. Um, how how could that possibly work out as well? So it's very strange to me. Look, we know that at times during their professional relationship, mm-hmm. there was some tension between Gene and Leonard. We know that. What's interesting to me here is an actor who is pointing out all the reasons why he may not or should not be brought back for a project um, when really it could just come down to one of two simple answers, which is uh, uh, on the positive side, hey, when you've got a project, let my agent know and let's go. Or when you've got a project going, let my agent know and I will secretly tell my agent to say no because I don't want to do it. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, really, that that's all it has or to come down to. The third option is... Mm-hmm. I'll be interested. Let's talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see how much more I can get out of this. Let's see what yeah, kind yeah. of yeah A, B, C, and D I can get. The yeah, dollar signs. If you're more. talking about spinoffs, maybe I could direct the third yeah, one. Yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's see about that. Yeah, yeah. As things would unfold. But again, this is 1973. That's, yeah, that that level of the relationship for the franchise and Gene and Leonard is 10 years in the future. Sure, so sure. We're still in these pie sky. Cra- and again, once again. Whoever heard of a dead TV show being brought yeah. back to life as a big screen movie? That's, yeah. that's crazy talk. It, it, the kind of thing that I find fascinating in these types of documents is, is that for 
for us as fans, whenever Star Trek is off the air for a year or two years or five years, or in this case, ten years, between the end of the original series and the first movie, fans are just sort of waiting for any piece of information. Mm -hmm. And publicly, whether it's an actor or a writer or Gene Roddenberry himself, they have to say, look, uh, we want this to happen. We, we hope we can make a new movie happen or a new series happen, but who knows? Privately, here's this letter from Gene, who is so excited about, again, getting the band back together. Wouldn't it be great if we could revisit this thing and do it again? So it, it, it shows the inextricable link between Gene and Star Trek, and even in those fallow, quiet times when nothing was going on, mm-hmm. Animated series was right around the corner, sure, but he wanted something bigger for Star Trek. That was just the first step. Yeah, he wanted something bigger. He wanted it to happen, and he wanted to recapture that magic. And against the backdrop of a producer who's pressing ahead with other projects, other projects which are proving disappointing at times, uh, a producer who feels like he's made this show that's getting this fan reaction... And not getting more respect in his other projects, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And that to a Hollywood that still looks at, that, that's not keyed in to looking at that fandom burgeoning, they only can see a three-year, quote-unquote, failed little show that with a, with a producer that fought his network all the way. Yeah. You know? Well, I love it. Even as fragments, these two documents mm-hmm. just say so much about the personalities involved and, and really that such specific time in early 1973 and what that means to the history and what was to come of the future of Star Trek. Right. And, uh, and in such an unguarded moment. Yeah, indeed. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All our documents are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, that's me, at larrynimichek.com. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.